0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL fantasy football podcast. Each week my co-host, former Bears and Lions quarterback, Eric Kramer and myself, delve into your fantasy football choices and hopefully help you out on your way to victory. Well, the playoffs are well underway now, you can find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Well, with playoffs super underway, we made some right choices for you last week, and I should say you made some right choices. You were high on a couple of QBs who really came through. Jared Goff, for instance, led all quarterbacks, 355 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Joe Burrow and Gardner Minshew with almost the exact same stats, except for the interceptions. They, they threw some, and
1: Goff did not. The other guy, uh, or another guy, I'd like to mention too is Trevor Lawrence, who clearly to me has turned a corner. Uh, and then uh, after all of the speculation and the way the the game ended prior um, to this coming week's big game against the Eagles, Dak Prescott came up huge, and I mean had probably his best game, maybe his career. And uh, and then the other guy that always flies under the radar. And is less flashy than the rest is Daniel Jones, who probably had undoubtedly, I think, his best statistical game of the year and went toe to toe with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. And then on the downside, though, again, is uh, Deshaun Watson, who, um, you know, just he has not, he has yet to produce really uh, anything close to an average good game.
0: You think, though, that that's kind of expected? I mean, you take almost two years off. You know, and uh, the speed of the game and your age and your legs, and no matter how hard you work out in the off season, it's not the same.
1: No, we, we talked about that, yeah. that this was predictable. And it's, um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for him and the team, really, it, it's not gone well.
0: You were heavy on Cam Akers again. He scored three touchdowns, had over 100 yards rushing. Well, my pick of James Conner was also a good one. We both liked Donta Foreman, 165 rushing, and Leonard Fournette, who caught nine passes. Uh, receivers, there are 10 of them over 100 yards, so we didn't miss much. Your emphasis on T. Higgins was strong, 128 on eight, and a touch was secure. At tight end, Hawkinson finally, finally Came through with that big, big game that we expected. You've been you've been predicting him to have that for two years now. Thirteen catches, one hundred nine yards, two touchdowns, gave him thirty five fantasy points. Uh, was to lead all uh, receivers. Tyler Higby and George Kittle were right behind
1: him. Well, for once this season, going backwards to the running backs, the Bills' offensive production had little to do with Josh Allen. It was actually the running tandem of Singletary and James Cook who combined for over 200 yards, rushing uh, in a dominating second half. And then to go back to the tight ends, we haven't mentioned the Jags' Evan Egrams uh, much this year. And then here he pops out against the Jets for uh, seven catches and 113 yards. Uh, and as long as you mention former Lions tight end T.J. Hawkinson at, in his great day against Minnesota, we ought to mention the one Lions tight end who has been picking up the slack, or at least this week, with – all of Jared Goff's three touchdown passes going to Shane Zilstra, uh, and then uh, you know, and the receiver I'll mention for the Bengals uh, is the one we've never heard of before, at least I haven't. Trent Irwin, who's a big body, versatile receiver, who came down with two of Joe Burrow's three touchdown passes.
0: In the Broncos fired Nate Hackett as their head coach, uh, four and eleven with with Russell Wilson. Just didn't do the job, Mac Jones. He could be fined for a low hit on a cornerback. What? I mean, ex- explain this one to me. I'm I, I don't get this one. All
1: right. So, oh, <laughs> this was that play where he it gets ruled, in my opinion, wrongly as an incomplete pass. This is a fumble, anyway. So, as he's chasing down the guy who's got the ball and is outrunning him, who he has no shot of catching, he then peels back for a guy who's just running, which is a cornerback, and decides, oh, I can't catch the guy who actually has the ball, so I'm going to take out and possibly end the career of the guy who's just running down the field, which is a complete, in my opinion, um, you know, I think this answer is basically he lived all week long with being embarrassed by getting shoved through the earth's crust on that last play of the, of the Raiders game, and now he's going to go take someone else out. In a very cowardly manner, in my opinion, Zach. This is not the first time Zach or Mac Jones has done something questionable. Um, but this should there should be a rule institute. You know how how quarterbacks are so protected. Where if you're a defensive player, I mean, the fine you get for possibly putting all your weight on him as he's going down, or all these other. There should be a new Mac Jones rule where you get fined, you get tossed out of the game, maybe for multiple games, for pulling that kind of crap.
0: I think you're right. This is this is just one I mean, it never happens, but you know, because quarterbacks don't take on defensive players at ever, you know, and but you're right. There probably needs to be a rule to say you can't do this just so there's a rule that says you can't do this in case somebody else wants to do it. Like
1: Well when you throw an interception all right. Or if somebody picks them up, go tackle that guy. Yeah. Right? The guy with the ball. Not somebody just running down the field that you peel back on who doesn't see you coming.
0: You know, it's it's sort of like a rule that I'm surprised they haven't put in yet, uh, which they may, but it hasn't happened yet in the pros. So the Kenny Pickett fake slide rule. I'm wondering when that's gonna happen, because I, I think everybody saw in the last Uh, college football weekend of the year last year that uh, he was running and uh, was heading for the end zone, faked the slide. The defensive player backed off. He didn't slide. He kept on running and got a touchdown. And you know, Saturday, there was a comment about that between the announcers. We brought it up again. And I'm just kind of curious that they haven't come up with a rule yet saying you can't fake slide because I don't know that there is one, right?
1: Well, I think you bring up a good point, but that like who got hurt on that play? Nobody. Nobody. So, right. So here, here's what the NFL has instituted: you can't peel back block anymore. Right. You can't, as a cornerback or defensive player, you can't cut the legs out from an offensive lineman who's coming out to block you. But yet, uh, Mac Jones can do what he did, and get and and have zero consequences.
0: Yeah. Now it's it. I imagine the uh, rules committee will do face that sometime at the after the end of the season. But you know, I think I think you put the right word on it, cowardly, and that's exactly what it was. Let's talk about Saturday. You know, I wanted to mention this briefly. You know, we we uh, after our last broadcast, uh, we lost Franco Harris, which was so devastating. Just four days before uh, the celebration of the fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which you know started off really the keystone of the start of his career and he passed away and it was just suddenly and, and everybody was in shock and of course everybody in Pittsburgh rallied around with the game coming up. They have to win these games. And of course against the Raiders, they really want to win this game and going past that. Did Kenny Pickett show that he could have a nickname of Kenny ice or Kenny cool at some point in in the near future, because he didn't get, I mean, all through that whole game, I was amazed at the like the nerves of steel this kid had as a rookie and, and, and kind of move the ball back and forth. Nothing really happened. And it's uh, what four degrees with the wind chill. And they get down there and they have to win with a touchdown within the last 45 or 48 seconds, and he moves the team down and throws the only touchdown that they get in the game with about 46 seconds left.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, right? I mean, so I, I agree with you, and, and <laughs> you and I can probably give some thought to this, as I'm sure the whole city of Pittsburgh, on what his new nickname should be. But here's what impressed me about that game. in The Steelers did what they absolutely had to do on the biggest non-Super Bowl night, in that franchise's history in 50 years, is win the game. Uh, and then all week long, uh, obviously not just week long, but year long, there's been this buildup to this particular game. And then it's an otherwise ugly game, frigid game. And then the guy who actually catches the ball and becomes immaculate and, <laughs> with the immaculate reception passes away prior to the game. And then here comes Kenny Pickett and has what I consider maybe the best game uh, of his season so far on that night. And I think you're right. I think, um, you know, for what he came up doing and basically saved that night for that franchise is amazing. And I think we can all tell that after the rocky start he had to the season, came back, and then started playing the way veteran quarterbacks play. And that's just take what the defense gives you and, and and do what you've been working your whole life to do, and that's use the ability you've been given, work hard to prepare, and all the things that people do to get better, he's done. And I think he's – and to me, if he, I think, earned the respect of his teammates, the coaching staff, in the city of pittsburgh that night
0: i do too and i i thank you And it was just you know you, we couldn't ask for anything better and the score was almost the same as it was 50 years ago <laughs> it was the same amount of points scored <laughs> so <good> point. yep. <laughs> well, uh this is a big weekend for the nfl because a lot of teams are on the cusp uh, uh so yeah and a lot of teams um will still be playing their key players, which is really important for fantasy, as we know, because this is fantasy football playoffs. And it's for a lot of leagues, it's going to go into that final game, which normally it doesn't. And that's an important thing. So let's get right to the games. Go to Thursday night. We got the Cowboys and Titans. I'm saying pretty much start all the Cowboys here. And the only player for the Titans is, is Derrick Henry. And that's it.
1: Cowboys' name, I think we have to start paying attention to, is T.Y. Hilton. He only had the one catch which was a big catch, 44 45 yard catch up the left sideline but as he's a veteran guy very talented fast and as he starts to get familiar with this offense every every week now including this run into the playoffs and hopefully beyond uh just an uh, just a one game entrance uh, is ty hilton who you know that could be the guy that helps you know there's all this talk about odell beckham well Odell Beckham came and went and now enters the guy who I think could be a real difference maker.
0: He was a big player when uh, with previous team and just has been, you know, had this time off. And now we talked last week. We all thought he was we didn't know where he was. We totally forgot about him. And here he comes in. And he makes a big play. And I think you're right. I think he's got a really good chance to uh, lead that team. Sunday, Cardinals and Falcons. I like Algeria and London here for the Falcons. And I only like Connor and Hopkins, along with Dorch, who's been coming along uh, pretty much the last couple of weeks for the Cardinals.
1: I agree with you on nearly all the Cardinals you just named. McSorley-QB makes me a little nervous. Uh, and that's why I'm not high on Hopkins. I think he missed a few potential throws that could have gone his way. And when he did throw them, they were inaccurate. And then, but Connor on the ground, I love because of his elusiveness and versatility as a receiver, I think are both underrated. And I especially like when they direct snap it to him. Uh, and Dorch is both a threat, not only on the end of passes, but also as a runner. And in Atlanta, I agree with you. The The running back Tyler Argeo's work and his workload and production has been on the rise. And rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter didn't take long for him to figure out that Drake London is the Falcons receiver.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's going to be a good one for years to come. Bears and Lions divisional game. Goff, St. Brown, and D.J. Clark. And really just Comet and Montgomery on the Bears for me.
1: I love saying this, that the Lions look like a contender, especially on offense. (laughs) And don't forget about the tight ends who golf specifically targets in the end zone. Uh, and for the Bears, please don't forget to start their number one weapon, Justin Fields.
0: Do you remember the last time the Lions went to the playoffs? Who the quarterback was?
1: <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> and, and, and it's now time, right? It is way too long. I forget how many years ago that was, but 1991,
0: way
1: yeah. But well. That's the last time we won. We went a couple years later and lost the, to uh, the Packers. That's pattern. right. That's right, too. Um, In any event, you're right. I mean, the Lions, I think, have the look of a team that now offensively, defensively, they've been playing better except for what happened last week uh, in Carolina. So, you know, I think this could be the comeback story of the decade, really. Yeah. To, I, you know, kind of like in the same way that Justin Fields started out shaky and then yeah. has come on. The Lions, in the same way as a team, have done something very similar.
0: I'm going to make a prediction here. If the Lions make the playoffs, somebody I know's phone's going to start ringing off the hook. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're, we're going to throw a party, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take the Jags and Texans. Lawrence, as you mentioned earlier, Antiani and Ingram has been really strong lately on the Jags. Just walk away from Houston. I, I don't even want to go there. Just leave that city down by itself. Just, you know, whoever's on that team, just walk away.
1: Uh, In the last Jaguars three games, Ingram, who we just talked about, has had seven, eight, and 11 receptions. And so he's now becoming a focal point. you got Trevor Lawrence, who's now, like I talked about before, turned the corner and looks like a legit guy. And so Evan Ingram is actually one of his better targets. And so now they're facing Texans defense who just won and somehow and potentially are one win away for making the Chicago Bears have the first draft pick. So we'll see what happens there. But I think that uh, this defense uh, versus this offense, I love the Jaguars.
0: Broncos and Chiefs. Judy, if you got them, and any Chief you can get your hands on. And the Broncos, I, you know, they're going to be in a disarray. You Know, um, they, they the, currently
1: have, are and have been, yeah. yeah
0: the, uh, I don't know who's coaching them this week, uh, and then on top of that, you know, they're coming off this 51 and point, 51 point embarrassment for the Rams, you know. So it's, um, yeah, I, I don't even know if I like Judy in this game. I like Judy only because I, I felt like I had to pick somebody who might just step up and get out there.
1: I think I, I do. I think Judy's clearly Russell Wilson's favorite target with the most upside. Right. And Cortland Sutton, though, is still having and getting his share of receptions. And he's in that sixty to eighty yard uh you know yards receiving category. He's not a receiver one, but I think a solid receiver two or as you, you some of these leagues will have a flex player, he could be that guy.
0: You know, the first time in my life, I think I'm going to be rooting for uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, uh, who are playing in the Dolphins this week in our next game. Uh, because if the Patriots beat the Dolphins, uh, and um, that's one of the – and Seattle beats the Jets. Steelers have a chance of getting into the playoffs. That's one of their – that has to happen. Uh, anyway, Dolphins at Patriots, big game for both teams, so I'm good with Stevenson, uh, even Mac Jones, who we talked about, who, who we don't like anymore uh, in New England, along with Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, who you've been pushing lately. And for the Fins, I like them all, including both running backs. Mostert and Wilson, Waddle and Bourne are a, a nice combo, uh, along with Tua.
1: Well, I now two is on this concussion protocol again, which may speak to some of those decisions he had made in that fourth quarter. Um, but I, so if he's out, which I think he will be, then you got Teddy Bridgewater, most likely back there throwing. But I, when it comes to the receivers in Miami, uh, anybody could be throwing to those guys and they're going to come up with yards and catches and touchdowns and everything else. But I, like you, I think with New England, um, you know, can turn. Kendrick Bourne has come on. Uh, Jacoby Myers is always kind of in the right place at the right time, and obviously Ramon Stevenson running the ball has been kind of their bread and butter this year and will continue to be.
0: Colts Giants. Daniel Jones you mentioned is on fire. That means so is the rest of the team. I would take everybody on uh, the, the Giants. Uh, I'm Colts. I'm not too sure.
1: Well, in New York it is it is kind of um, Cinderella ish of a story this could be this year if they do make the playoffs I still think the consistency fantasy consistent fantasy points come from two guys Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley uh in Indy uh they're in total disarray now uh and so they don't know who their quarterback's going to be Zach Moss of all people has been their number one running back and with no quarterback Col- uh, the Colts simply don't have a passing game and so there's really no real receiver options
0: Usually I like Pittman, but you're right. There's you know who's throwing to who, you know. So Saints and Eagles, another important game with Krosalave out and no one else stepping up. I li- I do like Taysom Hill here. He's I think he's a he's a good fantasy pick this week. Eagles Minshew, Smith, Brown, Sanders. What's not to like?
1: Well, and the Beagles are back home for this one. Yeah. So you got Minshew, who's got his second start, uh didn't play bad last week, had a couple of errant throws, but will likely Back and then he you become he'll be playing in front of the Philly faithful, and then there's got a slew of weapons there in Philadelphia, uh, and then they got one of the the league's best play callers in Shane Steichen, um, and then you've been on spot or spot on with Taysom Hill really these last couple of years, and you're right I mean they really Olave's down and and uh, what Andy Dalton threw for under 100 yards last week and so yeah. there's really not much they're doing offensively, although Alvin Kamara did have his second good game in a row, which he got in the end zone again for, and uh second game over a combined hundred yards um rushing receiving. So possibly another option there on Kamara, uh and we'll see. But I think the Eagles, you know, didn't show much step back, right? Even though um uh Jalen Hurts wasn't a quarterback, Minshew might be the league's best backup quarterback because he's got quite an extensive uh uh number of starts right
0: panthers at bucks dr foreman chuba hubbard dj moore can you believe these guys yes bucks fournette godwin and evans that's it no brady
1: yeah I- i'm with you with all the panthers you named for two reasons the high level of carolina's offensive line blocking and the play uh of qb sam arnold or sam donald lately um who, in addition to making good passing decisions has become something of an effective runner within their uh, run pass option game so for the bucks you're right no way to anyone here except fournette um, and their passing game has really been relegated to five yards and shorter yeah uh, they can't pass protect to get the ball down the field Brady can't read a defense anymore nor can he throw the ball accurately and so uh there's really I I, I agree with you and so fournette has been kind of the, not just the runner, but he's the guy who catches all the screens out of the backfield. He's the guy who gets the ball checked down to, which they don't have a passing game, so whoever does catch it, it's either a receiver screen or a check down. And so, you know, combined, he went over 100 yards uh, last game against the Arizona Cardinals, and you know, could be another good option.
0: Nine catches last week. That's a lot for a running back. Browns and commanders. Watson is playing well enough. I like Cooper and Chubb. Commanders, just the regular guys. McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, and Robinson. I like Robinson as a flex this week. Not as an RB one or two.
1: Well, in the last four games that Watson's played, the results have not been good. Not only for him, but for the offense. And the only guy really kind of consistently uh, playing well for them offensively is Nick Chubb. Uh, and so Amari Cooper's numbers have been down um, and Joku's is not really a factor anymore. And so there, to me, other than uh, Nick Chubb, there's really not anybody to play or start uh, fantasy wise anyway, in Cleveland. Uh, and then for the commanders, I agree though. I mean, Heineke has been better than good, better than Watson for sure. And there are four guys like Jeremy McLaurin and Dehan Johnson uh, Dehan, Dehan that you mentioned Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously Curtis Samuel. And I think, like you said, Robinson, I think has just since he's been back from what took him out to begin with, which was a couple of gunshots. To the leg has been phenomenal.
0: Niners and Raiders, Kittle all day long. Uh, Brock Purdy and McCaffrey, keep them in there. Raiders, I like Josh Jacobs. And I like Hollis, uh, along with Renfro, uh, with Waller. Renfro seems to have uh, found his way back. He didn't get enough targets this last week, but I think he's found his way back. And he, he's uh, when he's on, I think he's he's just one of the best out there.
1: I agree with you. And to get to, you know, one guy I'd mentioned, though, was 49ers who got left off. Now that Debo Samuel's out, Brandon Ayuk, who's mm-hmm. had a solid season, had another good game and is obviously another great option there for the emerging star quarterback in Brock Purdy. And so the Raiders, right, Waller's back. Uh, Renfro provided a spark, although not a lot of yards or catches. And uh, did get in the end zone. And the guy who fell off the planet, though, is Devontae Adams these last few games. Mm-hmm. And Carr has not been the same. And so it's really tough because Jacobs obviously did nothing against the the. Pittsburgh defense last week. I don't think he's going to do well against the Niners, who, to me, have the best defense in the league. And so, you know, you're not left with much. Waller, I think, at tight end could be a spark. And like you said, if Renfro gets more involved, he could also.
0: Jets and Seahawks, well, two players this entire game. The entire game, there's only two players I would have. That's Seattle's Walker and Metcalf. And believe it or not, I'm light on Metcalf.
1: Well, I'll go. Okay, we'll talk about the Jets then. If Mike White is back, and it sounds like he's going to be, uh, that brings Garrett Wilson back. And then if Corey Davis, who's been uh, concussion protocol, if he plays, then he could also be a weapon. And then Mike White himself, who was didn't have a bad game when he was starting, is now back from that rear injury. He could be a guy to bank on, especially if you you know we're out of the buys now. And so, but he when he was playing. You know, there weren't a lot of quarterbacks putting up better numbers than him.
0: Vikings and Packers. Vikings, start him if you have them. Packers, I like Lazard to step up with Watson kind of ailing these days.
1: Well, with everything that has happened these last couple of weeks that the Packers needed to have happen in order to stay in playoff contention and then they all did, this is where it all ends because uh, of all the wins that the Vikings have had this year, they've all been one-score games except for week one where they actually uh you know uh got um beat uh, the packers down pretty well uh and then like you said lazard though is a guy that could step up now that christian watson may be out uh he's i guess day to day uh but whatever he, when he does come back if he does come back he's going to have what a hip injury uh that he's dealing with and so uh you know like you said though minnesota I mean, who, who wouldn't you start on that team right. right now? And so, you know, I think this is the game, though, that the Vikings win. Packers are now eliminated from the playoffs. And then the Vikings keep going on.
0: Rams and Chargers. Wow. Check this out. Mayfield, Akers, and Higby. Yeah, I said it. Mayfield, Akers, and Higby. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying those three names, especially the first one. Uh, Chargers, the usual suspects, Herbert, Allen, Eckler, and Palmer.
1: Well, it's an intriguing matchup because uh, the Chargers can't run the ball. And then the good news, though, is Herbert is back healthy, as is their entire crop of weapons who have been kind of in and out of the lineup this year. And so you've got that part. Then the Rams, on the other hand, Baker Mayfield is the guy that's all of a sudden turned this thing around. Well, no, not really. So you mentioned how, you know, well, I'll mention it here. So he came in, he starts against the Raiders or plays against the Raiders and has this miraculous finish. Gets gets absolutely annihilated by the Packers and then comes back and has the game of a lifetime against the Broncos. The issue with the two wins are those two teams have already made plans for the offseason. And so I think you got the Chargers now, who are gonna have Joey Bosa back, their best defensive player. Uh I don't think the Rams' running game is going to be what it was, certainly against the Broncos. And that means that Baker Mayfield now no longer can just scoot around in the backfield, faking the outside zone, hitting a Higby on a bootleg pass. That's not going to happen. He's going to actually have to play from the pocket, which the Chargers have actually been very good at collapsing without Joey Bosa. And so I don't see this game going well for the Rams. I think the the Chargers, who have already clinched the playoff spot, because they're good and have been battling through injuries and overcoming some decisions by their head coach, I think now this ha- this game handily gets won by the Chargers.
0: Steelers and Ravens. Now, this is a Sunday night game. The Ravens have clinched. Uh, and they're still without their quarterbacks and their sloppy quarterback play now. Steelers will know if they have a shot at the playoffs going into that game because there'll be a couple of other games that make a decision for them. So it's going to be really kind of a weird game. Um, uh, I'm I'm going with Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens in a stretch. I like Kenny Pickett here and and I'd like Kenny Pickett as a player in this game. Fantasy-wise, I don't very much because he's just not putting up those kind of points that you need. And the Steeler defense. I love the Steeler defense coming off this last game. I love it for takeaways and sacks because they're all of a sudden they're really generating those things. For the Ravens, I like Edwards and Dobbins both, and I like the defense there too.
1: Remember what this game used to be twice a year? Oh, man, right? Yes. Right? Just a bludgeoning of both teams. Yeah. You, As, you just
0: hope to come out of it healthy. You know?
1: Right. And so the first... Of two games, Pitt has to win in order to assure a 17th consecutive winning season by oh. Mike Tomlin. Um, and you got Pickett to Pickens, who I think we can all see is going to be a great combination for many years to come. Uh, the Ravens also need to win, though, to stay in this race with Cincinnati for the division lead. and But not much going on for Baltimore through the air, where it's now Gus Edwards is back and J.K. J. Dobbins. And I, I like you though. I think the, the uh, Dolphins. I think the the Steelers have sort of a renewed sense of themselves and mm-hmm. a certain pride that's come back last week, especially. But throughout the season, they've battled in not great circumstances. They've gone through several quarterbacks, but yet Mike Tomlin's kind of the one that's held this team together. And now you've got, as you mentioned, Kenny Pickett who's making good decisions and, and winning ball games on last game, last minute drives. And so, you know, who knows who's going to win, but fantasy wise, uh, like you said, it, it's hard to really predict because you got the Ravens defense that has been sort of suspect all year. The Steelers defense, who's just coming alive. And so it, this is really a toss up as far as who's going to win and who's going to play well. Fantasy wise.
0: You know, it's interesting. I saw a statistic the other day, and I hope I got it right. Uh, that I think it was at the end of the game. Uh, Pickett has had four, la- uh four game winning drives in the last in the last minute. He's only had five wins. <laughs> <You know? laughs> five wins right, to so career. He just needs
1: his back to the wall.
0: <laughs> Monday night, Bills and Bengals. I'm just going to say it easy. Anybody on either of these teams, you can start and and feel good about success.
1: It's interesting it's this matchup that makes the previous game we just talked about so intriguing because now you've got the Bills playing the Bengals who were actually in first place in the division. And it's uh, last week in Chicago, it's the Bills that flipped the script on their game plan where it really didn't have anything or much to do with Josh Allen and everything to do with a completely dominant performance. If we're talking just offense, they ran the ball down the bear's throats and it was, and it had nothing to do with Josh Allen. It was simply the offensive line crushing the defense and opening gaping holes for both Singletary and James Cook. And so now you've got Cincinnati. How do you game plan? Cause also all year long for years, it's been Josh Allen. Well, now you've got to take on an offensive line that can run the ball with or without Josh Allen, and then the play-action game that, that now opens up for potentially deep field, field throws to both Diggs and Gabriel Davis, kind of opens up a whole new ball game. So how, if you're Cincy, do you prepare for that? Not quite sure. Cincinnati, who doesn't have a running game lately, no big deal, though, because burrow has got like 12 fully loaded six-shooters in each pocket. And so, you know, it's a, like we mentioned. I mean, there's just no shortage of weapons for that guy.
0: All right, there you have it, another edition of Kramer and Brill, one week away from the final weekend of the regular season. Uh, find out more by going to our website, kramerandbrill.com, or my Bob Brill YouTube channel. From my friend and colleague Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we will see you next time.